Time for this week's edition of the Source Weekly Update. Hot off the press and into your ear. Every week, found wherever you get audio. And now, let's take a look at some of the highlights from this week's Source Weekly, Volume 24, Issue 4, dated January 23rd. Chick-fil-A set to open, minus major protests. For some LGBTQ community members, boycotting new restaurant is an individual choice, but not a public display. By Kayla Clark Some Bendites are excited for Chick-fil-A to open its first franchise in Bend this week, as exemplified by comments on the location's Facebook page. One commenter, who wrote she's beyond excited, called it the Lord's Chicken. Others are preparing to boycott the fast food restaurant entirely due to the chain's history of donating to anti-LGBTQ causes. The controversy set fire in July 2012, when CEO Dan Cathy, son of founder S. Truett Cathy, announced his opposition to same-sex marriage. In 2011, the advocacy group Equality Matters obtained tax records that confirmed the Cathy family had donated millions to organizations working to hinder same-sex marriage initiatives and provide conversion therapy. Several locations nationwide have banned Chick-fil-A from opening because of its ties to anti-same-sex marriage organizations, including airports in San Antonio, Texas and Buffalo, New York, as well as five universities. Following those bans, the restaurant chain announced in November that it would cease donating to the above-named charities. So how do local same-sex marriage advocates feel about the chain opening in Bend? I'm certainly not pleased about it, said Kit Foreman of Bend, a longtime LGBTQ activist. And I know I'm going to be disappointed by the number of people who call themselves allies, but will still support Chick-fil-A. An early January press release from the company stated that the restaurant, located along Highway 97 on Bend's north side, would bring nearly 100 full and part-time jobs to the area. But Kate Boyce, president of Central Oregon Chapter of Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays, said the number of jobs is small compared to the overall impact. Why are people saying it's a great thing because of jobs it provides? Really? When you take a look at the numbers, the jobs provided are pretty insignificant, she said. While it's still too soon to poll local employees about their experiences, former Chick-fil-A employee and gay man Ryan Patrick Ray offered insight on his time spent working for a franchise in Florida. Chick-fil-A is a great company to work for, as long as you have great operators, which I was lucky enough to have, he explained. They knew about my lifestyle, and they didn't hold back advancement when it was deserved. They treated each team member with respect and were diverse in their hiring practices. They never brought their religious views into the workplace and strove to make the work environment inclusive and fun. He noted that the pay was good, he moved from $10 per hour to $14.70 per hour in less than a year, and said he's still invited to every company Christmas party. Boyce believes the support the restaurant chain gets from members of the LGBTQ community and its allies is attributed to a lack of education regarding the company's donation record. She also noted that while a fair number of community members are willing to boycott the chain, attempting to protest on a large scale is unrealistic. She explained that rather than attempt to organize a P-flag protest, she would lead by example. 
No way I'm going to walk into a Chick-fil-A. It goes against everything I stand for. I've never wanted a chicken sandwich that badly, I'll tell you what. Despite frustrations, no groups have announced local protests, and those opposed will boycott the restaurant on an individual basis. I absolutely believe that people can vote with their dollars, Foreman said. A great way to affect change is to refuse to support a business and to encourage your friends to do the same. When asked about any organized protests, they said, At this point in the process, I don't know how much of a difference it would make. Change is multifaceted. Protesting, putting money into things you support, personal boycotts. I think a combination of all these things is what makes a difference. The chain has an official ribbon-cutting scheduled for January 23rd. Next up, from our outside section, a missive from a local writer and correspondent for Outside Magazine. Powder and polka. With thousands on Century every day, what Central Oregon really needs is a ski train. By Tim Neville. The email could not have been more exciting if Uller had typed it himself. It's official, screamed the subject line. We're opening. It was November 27th, and just like that, the ski season was on. So, too, began one of the more frustrating aspects of having upwards of 4,300 acres of powder choke glades, bulls, and groomers right outside our craftsman doors, dealing with the crush of Mount Bachelor-bound traffic. The stop-and-go madness can start within whiffing distance of the flaming chicken roundabout on 14th and Galveston and creep along for 20 miles. Invariably, some joker in a 30-cylinder truck will try to pass everyone to save a few seconds. Sometimes, folks just give up and turn around before they even get out of town. I've done that. Twice. Mount Bachelor has room for around 4,000 cars. The Oregon Department of Transportation estimates on a busy day about 6,200 cars use the westbound lane of the Cascade Lakes Highway alone. Fully aware of the issue, Mount Bachelor has pleaded with would-be visitors to carpool. Drivers with four or more people in their rigs get premium parking spots. This year, the resort announced Red Chair would open early for season pass holders, wagering an ingenious bet that the lure of exclusive fresh tracks would help spread out the traffic. The Cascades East Transit Mount Bachelor shuttle removes about 45,000 vehicles from the road each year, many of which would be driven by employees. But these are just patches that dance around the problem. You know what we really need? We need to turn the lowly commute into an irresistibly epic, unique experience that perfectly complements the awesome skiing we're so lucky to have. The answer to all of our problems is a ski train. Picture it. It's a frosty Saturday in January, and Central Oregon wheezes under a foot of crystalline powder. There at the platforms near the pavilion, you gather with merry townsfolk, giddily awaiting the arrival of the 728 Powder Express. The train glides silently into the station, warm and sleek and emission-free. We load up, there's Mary and Bob and that quiet guy from chemistry. We store our boards, take our seats, and let the forest fly by. The conductor checks tickets. He's wearing jingle bells. A cart comes by with hot chocolate and ocean rolls. We stop at Virginia Meisner, Winoga, and Swampy Snow Parks. We pause at Dutchman for the backcountry cruise. Twenty minutes after leaving Bend, the train hisses to a stop at Bachelor, where we're booted up and ready to ride. On the way home, a polka band rocks the dance car. The beer car is packed. People would look forward to going up to Bachelor for the ride alone. It's a nice thought, huh? The reality is harsh. A Bend area transit expert friend estimated a train between Bend, Bachelor, and Sun River 
would cost about $10 billion just to build, which is enough to fund our regional tri-county public transportation system as it stands today for about six centuries, literally. Then there are the costs of maintaining a ski train, running a ski train, staffing a ski train, and fixing it. And yet, as Ben grows, we need to dream big. We need to find ways to connect Mount Bachelor's lifts to Ben's roads in a manner that isn't just safe and convenient, but crazy fun, too. The answer isn't to pave more and drive less, but to change the way we think about moving from A to B. If our great-great-great-grandchildren are going to get a ski train, we need to start working now. In the meantime, cue up the polka and get in line. Tim Neville is a Ben-based freelance writer whose byline is seen in Outside, The New York Times, and more. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Source Weekly Podcast. Be sure to pick up your free copy of the Source Weekly wherever you find yourself in Central Oregon, or log on to our website, bensource.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam Scholl.